0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conaway. Hi, Lauren.
1: Hi, Matt. Hi, listeners.
0: You know what? We're, we're hitting the road today. You know where we're going?
1: Uh, you know what? I do know where we're going, but I want you to announce it because you do it so well. Where are we going? Matt? We're going
0: to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, we are.
0: Pennsylvania. Is there another one? You know what? There is a Pittsburgh, Kansas, There's right up the street from us. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I have been to Pittsburgh, Kansas, but I have not been to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to the best of my knowledge, although I've been a lot of places, so I might be wrong about that.
1: Yeah, we also have like, we have a Manhattan, Kansas. Apparently we like naming Kansas communities after larger cool cities, you know, thing we do.
0: I was born there.
1: Were you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, anyway. But you weren't born in Pittsburgh.
0: No, I was not, Pennsylvania or Kansas. So, you you know, what's really exciting is we have 10 very interesting companies to talk about here on this 20, 2023, 2024, whenever they decide to publish this version of Pittsburgh's top startups, you know, here we are, we've been been traveling all over the United States and other places and, you know, we're trying to, we're making an effort to stop at places like Pittsburgh because, you know, the road less traveled and we have found along the way, there are many, many exciting things And industries and all of it everywhere we go. So
1: I I can't wait to show Pittsburgh a little love, you know, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Well, for those, if if you have not listened to our top startups before, a couple things, just because we say the company's name first does not mean they're first. This is kind of like a, you're on the list or you're not on the list kind of thing. So, you know, if we, it's, it's somewhat alphabetical, but not. So yeah, yeah. so 10 companies on our list, once again, just because we say the name first does not mean that we're indicating that they're all, they're all in this together.
1: It's not a hierarchy. I feel like we're just saying, Hey, these 10 companies are awesome. Let's talk about them. Right.
0: It would be be impossible to accurately rank any of this (laughs) stuff, like based on what? So, all right. May I begin?
1: Uh, you may. I can't wait.
0: Okay, so we always joke because the names of startups often throw us off. Now, I've got a really straightforward name here, but I'm probably going to completely butcher the names of the, the CEO and co-founders. So first on our list is Coop Technologies, led by CEO and co-founder Sergei Litvinenko. I think I got that right. And Litvinenko. co-founder and CTO, Zach Gazazov. Okay. Got that right. Go to Coupe AI and learn more about what they do. That
1: sounded pretty strong. That sounded pretty good. I I think
0: I did all right. But if I talked to either one of them, I'd probably get corrected. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: So I I, I really find this company to be interesting because it's an insurance technology company that specializes in autonomous vehicles, robotics, and machine-centric risks. haven't heard of that one before. I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that's a big part of, of everything. They, they've recently had $7 million in funding. So you're getting validated through that seed round. Now with that, you know, as autonomy commercializes and on-road robots become ubiquitous, Coop's on a mission to help the commercialization of autonomy by building insurance and financial products to on the top of the stack. I like it. I like it. You know, I mean, uh, um, my car did drive me here today. And I, the best of my knowledge, I'm insured yeah, really. for that, but I, now they got me thinking about it. Like if the Tesla wrecks me.
1: Yeah. Like, well, and I mean,
0: am I me? insured or really is, is the AI? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I yeah, might yeah. have to look into it, but you know, anytime you have a burgeoning industries and obviously electric EVs, electric vehicles now, which are going to be autonomous in many ways, shapes, and forms, I like it. Get out in front of the curve and, and make it happen.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Well, so next up on the list, speaking of AI and speaking of newer technologies, we have Mach9, CEO and co-founder Alexander Bekovitz and co-founder and CTO Howin Shi are bringing Mach9 to the geospatial space. Uh, Mach 9's newest geospatial production software, Digital Surveyor, uses industry-leading artificial intelligence and computer vision to transform complex 3D geospatial data into 2D and 3D engineering models 30 times faster and at half the cost. With Mach 9, engineering and construction firms can finally unlock the benefits of LiDAR and image capture technology. Um, so, So from what I'm gathering from this. They're, they're collecting information to map surface and underground models. Um, and I, it looks like they're specifically focusing on bridges. And, and that's really interesting because within the infrastructure space, um, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement using technology, figuring out how to map these things so that we can build better and so that we can better communicate uh, infrastructure. I don't know, Matt, what do you think?
0: Well, I know that this type of technology with okay, so computers don't see in 3D. And most people don't get it. And it wasn't until the last few years that we had the computing power and the know-how to really kind of kind of really make that useful. So that's where you hear the term computer vision. Now I think it's very interesting using LIDAR because LIDAR is used for all kinds of of interesting stuff and scanning. And then, you know, like um, you know, if you can go out and get a a 3d model or rendering of something uh, i would imagine on the engineering side that could probably speed things up and then you mentioned like bridges and infrastructure um uh i don't think people really want to know the true health of the bridges that we drive over well i was just
1: gonna say like ignorance is bliss this is one of those situations where to the public ignorance is bliss but the fact is i mean mach 9 is making bridges safer i mean I've heard of bridge collapses. I've seen them happen in real time and they're devastating. So if you can go in and if you can map out this bridge and you can more efficiently introduce repairs and you can, you can make it safer. And I love that. So anything to, to make, now I'm not going to hold my breath as much as I cross over a bridge. I'm going to feel like Mach 9 is bringing it home for us.
0: I built a bridge on my farm, but I don't think we need LIDAR to map it out. It's, 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 I'll, it's only, it's only about six feet long and about two feet high. And it's just to get over a little Creek. Um, well, I have and a tell, feeling, have tell a tell feeling if Mach nine came and scanned it, they would find a whole lot of problems with my bridge. So I'm
1: sure they probably would, but Matt, I would walk over a bridge you built anytime.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I do appreciate wow. that. Yeah, I did. I, the first time I drove over it with a golf cart, I was like, <laughs> and then, but it was okay. Okay. And it still seems to be there later. So, you
1: know, well done. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of bridges, which are usually included on maps, our next company is Mapless AI. CEO and co-founder, Philip Robble, and uh, senior software engineer, Ryan Eagert, are, are up to a whole lot. You go to mapless.ai to learn more, but uh, it's mobility technology and research company that develops safe alternatives for transportation systems. So what does that mean? I mean, they're aiming to turn any vehicle into a remote-controlled transport, which is semi-autonomous I'm I'm sensing the theme forming already in Pittsburgh
1: I know I know transportation well,
0: autonomous thing. vehicles yeah for
1: sure uh, yeah. but no that's super cool can you imagine like remote controlling your car your own car can yes a little your, bit can we get to the can we get to a world where I can send my car to run errands that would be amazing that would
0: be great I want that's to be great. able to like I'm I'm just like <laughs> sitting around and I learned last year that it's not chomping at the bit, it's champing at the bit, which blew my mind. But I'm champing, yeah, I know. Lauren has a weird look on her. I did too, it's true. But I'm champing at the bit for autonomous vehicles because man, it'd be great to like, put my kids in a Tesla and send them to school and have them drop, it, drop right. them off. Well,
1: And I already use my car as like, people are like, why do you spend so much time? I, I use my car as like a mobile office because I spend so much time driving around from place to place and like being able to actually actively get work done while that was happening would be such a game changer for me. <laughs> like.
0: Well, that, that's that's part of what they're aiming for. So you know, they yeah. they they want to add a new layer to. They call it car hailing, similar to Lyft and Uber, where you users could summon cars with an app. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know this it's very interesting because you know as I've kind of gone into the world of, of Tesla, I've been you know as as a rider and I'm looking at like what they do and whatever. It, this stuff is remarkably flex and requires like just an insane amount of thought and logic to keep us safe. So there's a lot, a yeah. to, lot to be thought about here. And then, you know, some of the challenges that these, some these companies have is, you know, they got to get, you know, like a billion hours of drive time or crazy stuff before they can get approved. And, right Uh, a lot a lot to go through there but it is definitely coming folks so for those of you on Facebook that gave me a hard time about buying an electronic vehicle first off why or electric vehicle first off why but second (laughs) off it's all coming let
1: me talk to (laughs) him but
0: I know I just thought it was odd yeah yeah.
1: it's the wave of the future man catch it I was proud for going green and
0: I had about a half a dozen people try to shame me I was like uh okay not really sure what you're upset about.
1: Anyway. Get that noise. All yep. right. Well, so so next up on the list, we have Nettail. I don't know where like the the emphasis on the syllable goes in that yeah. one. NetTail. Like uh, the
0: emphasis.
1: Yeah, on the on the wrong syllable. Uh but CEO oh Mark Crystal, and then we have co founder and chief customer office, Siva Kumar, Hari Apologies if I butchered that. I'm pretty sure that I did. But uh, NetTail is an easy-to-use technology that helps retailers see their market from a customer perspective. They they show thousands of alternative shopping options that are now available through online shopping and search. Now, Matt, are you a big-time online shopper?
0: Yes, I so, almost never go to stores same.
1: anymore. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I forget that you can actually go into a store. And I mean, I I love e-commerce. I love purchasing. It's so convenient, but as a retailer in the e-commerce space, it's got to be really difficult because you have so much competition, right? There, I mean, there for every product out there, there are thousands of competitors, and it's there's just a lot of noise within the space. So NetTail scans the web and then auto identifies competitive products. It's pro, it provides real-time competitive intelligence for pricing and assortment. Um, they're going to be Using business rules and AI based optimization to attract and convert more customers without sacrificing brand values, which I think is a really cool position statement. Um, But yeah, like how can we cut through the noise as people selling online? And I feel like Andrew Morgans would have a lot of thoughts around this as our resident e commerce expert. I agree. uh, But they are. I
0: I also feel like. This company would have done a good job of reminding me about the fact that I didn't mention our brand earlier.
1: That's true. I know,
0: because today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale.io helping software developers, hiring software developers is difficult and FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And as a platform to help you manage that team, go to FullScale.io. Yeah, they would have caught me on that one. You would think that like I've been on 900 episodes of this show and I'm usually the one that's like, don't forget to say this stuff. We got it. We got to yeah. give a little love to FullScale, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think just, I I really do feel like Netel would probably have reminded me of that.
1: They probably would have. You know, they're they this is really interesting. So I love I love reading the boilerplates for some of these companies because Uh, Netail says, we leverage a unique human in the loop approach that trains our AI using decades of experience, resident merchants and category managers, which I think is so interesting.
0: You Um, have to train AI. People don't get that. If you just like turn on an AI model and let it make all of its own decisions itself, you can just end up at almost any Um, any, you know, outcome. And that's why you had so many of these models doing things like playing chess and playing games and learning this is a win, this is a loss. So, you know, having the quote human in the loop thing is a smart thing. Now, that can also be a little tricky though, because we are loaded with bias as people. And, you know, like I I learned that first as a sales trainer, because I had a lot of salespeople that would sell things all over the map. And I'm, and I realized that they were biased because they were often pushing things that they felt that they, that met their own needs, not necessarily yeah. a client's needs, but yeah, you got to have the, the AI thing. Isn't as, as artificial, it's not fully artificial. I mean, you can turn it on and let it go, but yeah, who knows what, you don't know always yeah. know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that helps retailers and, 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 you know, product sellers. I mean, my original, background is in that in retail. It's been a very, very long time since I've done most of that, (laughs) but yeah, there's a, but there's a lot to keep up with. You know, you look at some, some people that make a product have like an uncountable number of SKUs.
1: Right. Yeah, you know,
0: well, you're just trying to keep up with them and optimize so them good, and actually. price them effectively, and all that is just very difficult.
1: Well, and then when you introduce competitors into the mix, like I'm just, I I can't even fathom how many how many e-tailers are out there trying to fill a very crowded space. So anything that can help a a small business owner kind of cut through, like like I said, it's noise. Cut through that noise. Figure out how to better position themselves for sales. I'm, I'm a thousand percent for it. Now, before we move on, I do want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge something, um, because I started laughing when Matt introduced Startup Hustle as the episode sponsor. Y'all can't see Five that. minutes late, I, six I, minutes I was, late. I, I know, but I want to go back to it because I just want to tell you, dude, that was artfully done.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there, like I I have for those of you that are listening, like we've got what we call a set list and I've got giant green letters that yeah, are like it's a,
1: right there, man. No, I
0: just right. breezed right past that.
1: Well, for those of you who listen to our episodes of the show, like some of you know that Matt and I actually have a little, a little teeny tiny competition going to see who can most like do the best job of organically introducing the episode sponsor. I'm undefeated. I, shut. I am. I'm close, man. I am close. I have done it well, but no, that was hats off to you sir Thanks. i need to acknowledge that that was well done
0: it's only a problem if you it's only a, it's only a mistake or a problem until you fix it right right
1: right <laughs>
0: okay next on our list is auto autotune and autotune automatically optimizes the configuration of amazon based postgres sql and mysql databases to improve performance, reduce costs, and maintain healthy operations. Would you like me to explain what that means?
1: Oh, please, please
0: do. So, uh, you know, uh, so many things about your website or your software service platform or your e-commerce platform are driven by database stuff and and servers c- collect a ton of it. And a lot of times when you are building, scaling or growing a software platform, um, well, sometimes when you're writing the code, it goes in. So let's let, paint a very simple picture. Think of a spreadsheet that has a zillion rows and half a zillion columns. Yeah. And you know that you need to go to line 16,000 and, uh, you know, column 12,000 uh, in ineffective software will scan the whole thing and not go straight to what it needs to. And that's really hard to maintain and develop. And that's just one little bit of tuning that, that comes in, but, uh, by, by these, but when you go to a site or you go to query something, you go to look something up and whatever software you're using, and it's really slow. That's because its yeah. database usually isn't optimized. And what can essentially happen is these, these, uh, things that you don't see or, or touch or feel as a user, slow it down. Yeah. and uh, and and cause it to essentially grab all of the energy that the rest of the platform needs inside the server. So uh, this is a good service. And, you yeah. know, you, you talk about, you know, the discover and reveal new approaches to optimization that most DBAs, database administrators, uh, can't detect. So, and this is back to, to doing the smart thing because when, you know, some data sets for, like I read, and uh, I, I was trying years ago. I was trying to learn more about data science, and I realized that like a phone company has has to store like five petabytes or something crazy yeah, amount like, of like data database. like every day. And if you have to go in and like, I don't know, that's just massive. Yeah. So
1: well, and even you know, like yeah. think about user behavior. I mean, the fact is, people are not super patient, and so even just you know fine tuning that, that database access, like even, even if it's just a change of like a millisecond, like that vastly improves the user experience for, for anybody who is impatient on the other end. Right.
0: So that's, well, so (laughs) so essentially, and they refer to it the same way. I've always called it dials and knobs and settings that exist in servers. And here's the thing is like Amazon and other web and other cloud providers. Uh, what they do is they have a lot of that stuff throttled down. Uh, so the whole entire user base isn't just overly, you know, asking for info and data. So a lot of times you got to go in there and, and, and turn it up, turn it down. And, you know, a lot of it. And the problem is, is, is if you're scaling rapidly, um, you know, doing it today and of yesterday is often too late. Because yeah. like you said, our expectation of performance in, in this day and age, when it comes to all of it in software, if you have to wait three seconds, God forbid that you had to go through something so terrible.
1: But if you take those three seconds, like if you're, if you're doing queries like hundreds of times a day, yeah. you know, that three uh, seconds adds up. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rule for me, rule one of building software when it comes to your product is answering this question. Is it, is this annoying? Yeah, And if the answer is anything other than no, you got work to do. Yeah, you, you can up. have a brilliant solution, yeah, sure. but if there's one part about it that people find annoying, yeah. they will find a way to dislike you. Unlike today's episode of Startup Hustle, which once again is powered by Fullscale.io, hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And as a platform to help you manage the team, go to fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. And fortunately, I optimized the ad reads enough to get that one done on time. So no one has to hear another one for like 20 minutes. Congratulations, people. Sorry to put those so close to each other.
1: That was two in one episode, sir. I think that might be a record. <laughs>
0: two, reads? two
1: artful segues. Oh me.
0: no, I'm not done. <laughs> right. yeah. I gotta uh, make up, I gotta make up for for blowing it the first time. I thing, mean,
1: you know, and, well, I didn't even notice, and I can I can actually do the the full scale read in my sleep and have. I actually had. A, did I tell you that I had a dream one night about <laughs> of doing ad reads? and affordably? Like it just and I was like, where is that? <laughs> oh yeah. That's full scale. Quick and affordable, right? Yes. That's what we're all about. Uh, well, so next up, and I, I got to tell you, like I love this startup's name, and it's because it's two words that I really like, but resilient life science. Um, so really impressed by this one. CEO and co-founder Bradford Holden with CTO and co-founder Charlie Proctor are creating um, a wearable medical device to prevent <laughs> opioid overdose deaths. And I am sure that you probably know that the opioid uh, crisis has reached pretty significant levels here in the U.S. We have a lot of people who are addicted to opioids and we have a lot of deaths that are related to overdoses here in the United States. And and so when I see this, I, I I've talked on the show a little bit about some of my own substance abuse uh, history, and I gotta tell you, man, I'm I'm so impressed by Resilient Life Science because here's what they're doing. Um, so, in the event of an overdose due to an opioid like seconds matter um your entire body just shuts down and goes into crisis mode essentially and what there are but there are drugs that can mitigate these overdoses um one of them being naloxone and naloxone um you know what the resi- what resilient life sciences is doing is they have created the resilient system um, they use a non-invasive sensing technology to detect an opioid-induced respiratory depression (OIRD), and then upon a te- detection of an OIRD, the device will sound an emergency alarm and automatically deliver naloxone to save the user's life. Which is so huge because when you're in this respiratory distress and you're in this body shutdown, you can't call the call a doctor. You can't, you know, you can't get the help that you need. And so I just. I'm so impressed by this technology and its ability to save the user's life. Um just very very cool. They've raised 575k over two funding rounds. Um and and I just I cannot wait to see where this goes. Now this device just full full disclaimer this device has not been evaluated or cleared for sale in the United States by the FDA. But that being said, I I'm so excited to see what this device can do and how it can help us end this opioid crisis that we are currently dealing with. I mean, how it's cool kind of is that? Yeah.
0: We have to that we have to create startups and develop these kinds of things, but yeah, kudos for the people that are doing it. So, I
1: mean, I, I've, I'm seen, not
0: going to get on that soapbox and go down that rabbit hole. Cause we'll be here tomorrow. I, still I, recording. I, but yeah, I,
1: I have literally seen people in opioid overdose and it's, yeah. it's really scary. Like you're, yeah, you're, blue, you're blue, you're unresponsive. You're white as a sheet. You're, I mean, it's just, it's a really scary Most thing. Most of
0: those people don't want to be addicted either. They just are. Right. So <laughs> they, they know they have a problem. They don't necessarily want to die from it. So I can see people yeah. actually using well, this and.
1: And the the thing about opioid addiction and the thing like heroin addiction, like you can actually do a lot of harm to your body when you try to come off of these things like cold turkey. It's actually really, really difficult if you're deeply entrenched in use. It's really difficult to just stop doing. So like even there are people there is like medically prescribed uh, drugs that can help people kind of winnow off of these drugs. So I don't know. I just it's a huge problem here in the U.S., I have a deep interest in it myself, given my history. And like, I just, you know, resilient life science. I want to just give them a hug. Like, thank you for addressing a very serious issue in a very, very awesome way. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All righty. Next on our list, Stack AV, led by CEO Brian Salesky and CTO Brett Browning. Now, here's the... This company has received $1 billion, as in 1B, in funding. I don't know if we've had a billion-dollar funded company.
1: That's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> so they're in theme with several other things. They're working on self-driving technology to improve efficiency and enhance safety in the trucking industry. Uh, you know, everything you buy comes on a truck. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, sure it does. does. And, and we talk about expense and and they have a hard time finding drivers and it's, a, yep. it's a tough lifestyle. And, you know, you talk about tackling supply chain challenges, uh, you know, automating some of the, some of this stuff is is really great. And uh, yeah, I don't know if we have ha- actually had a 1B raised.
1: I don't, I can't remember one, yeah. but I mean, that certainly speaks to the, to the need for sure. Um that's They're doing huge. something
0: because that came this year from SoftBank.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Running around
0: billions. <laughs> the yeah. The first maybe. I looked at this, I had to double check. I was like, is that the correct amount? And then this company's gotta be pretty old. They're not. So yeah, there they go. Good, good, right. good for you.
1: Very, very cool. Uh well, so next up we have Stratus Materials. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little vulnerable here for a moment and, and I'm gonna tell you, hey, Matt, as my co-host, I'm probably gonna need a little bit of help explaining this one because I have a very limited understanding of what's Wait, happening. You're,
0: so to, you're gonna look to me. Oh god.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna look well, I mean we're to, I'll I try. Like together. We're gonna be able to come up with something, but Stratus materials. Uh all right, I'm just I'm gonna read this. Stratus Materials is a U.S.-based developer and manufacturer of manganese-rich, cobalt-free, cathode-active materials for lithium-ion batteries, offering a highly compelling combination of performance, safety, cost, and environmental impact to leading battery manufacturers and their OEM customers. Utilizing proprietary formulations and production processes, the Stratus Materials team has developed manganese-rich, zero-cobalt, cathode materials- Nope, I'm actually not going to read the rest of that. So, so here's my understanding and just like, help me kind of talk me through this. So lithium batteries, um, they're used a lot in smart, like electric. They charge
0: faster, they hold more power and they're just better. The problem here that I, that that I believe is, is the best of my understanding here in the United States, all the things that we need to make these batteries are in very short supply.
1: Right. We don't have
0: yeah. so we got to find a better way to
1: do it. Like we don't have these elements available in in significant supply. And so we have to go elsewhere, which adds expense. And it adds well, back.
0: it also adds some volatility and, and leverage what? to people that might not necessarily call themselves friends of the United
1: States. Yeah. Well, and so like I know and I, I'm not even going to try to name the country, but like I know that the that cobalt is found within a pretty tight geographic area. And we don't have, as U.S. citizens, we don't have access to that area super easily um, from what from what I can remember. Again, like I'm kind of counting on Matt to help me flesh out my knowledge because I just don't know a lot. But I think it's Cobalt super-
0: is largely mined in Kensa- Kinshasa, the Congo, Kinshasa. Oh, okay. but also uh, readily found in China, Russia, and Canada. Well, then never mind. Two Can't of be- the three of those last ones... So We yeah. don't
1: necessarily want to be super dependent on these geographic right. limitations because yes. we might get folded out.
0: We're breaking so, the dependency on foreign oil, although right. the environmental well, components yeah, that understand. come with that are great, but yeah, if the tradeoff is we're just dependent on someone else for cobalt and manganese.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, when did
0: you, you ever that, think we'd need cobalt and manganese when you were learning the periodic table?
1: Man, I had not. You're like, you need me. oxygen.
0: But yeah. then later, it was like, you also need cobalt and manganese, apparently.
1: So, well, and so Stratus has has created an alternative and is getting an alternative out there and helping us, you know, reduce our dependency on what is quickly becoming like a very, very, well, is already, but is quickly becoming even more of a need. You know, these batteries, yeah. batteries energy, power, pretty much everything we do, everything cool we do is powered by batteries electricity so I well,
0: part of part of the issue is when you look at things like solar power so solar power is great if you need the energy right at the moment that the sun is shining but when yeah. the sun goes down you have to have it stored in a battery so the problem was is traditional like the the traditional the non-lithium batteries um they don't hold a lot they don't they're they're just not really as effective so yeah yeah, being able to store that energy and power is a big deal and then also these are like key components in electric vehicles also your phones your computers like a lot of different stuff so yeah i have this weird theory that at some point we will have to we will end up going back into our own trash to mine these things out right Uh, because we've just been throwing them away for a long time you know so who
1: knows incidentally you're not Real talk, you're not supposed to do that because there are issues with like leaks and things like that causing big problems. I know, don't- mean think- people on and throw them out. I'm just throwing
0: it out there. Yep.
1: <laughs> anyway. So we'll see, we'll see. But, well, but all right.
0: <laughs> Next on our list is Thoro.ai. That's T-H-O-R-O. Um, CEO and co-founder Patrick Mondi and the head of cloud and fleet systems, jo- Joseph Hostini. Uh, leading the leading the charge, go to thorough.ai, I'll learn more. So they offer a world-class autonomy platform com- for commercial and industrial equipment, which is already in use by leading OEMs in cleaning and logistics. Um, sticking with the theme. Pittsburgh li- likes to automate things. And I guess it's yeah. probably, probably you know, there's, I mean, I would imagine, you know, it, we came into this uh a, as not as familiar with Pittsburgh as we may have liked. But, you know, Pittsburgh's got a lot of manufacturing history. The Steelers are named after the, it's where they're originally making steel. Yeah. Um, you know, the the, the the automation stuff, you know, is, is clearly going well. But if you look at like, uh, you know, they, there's, well, okay, do you have a Roomba?
1: I don't have a Roomba.
0: I do. And I have a little mopping Roomba and like, and they do a really great job. Right. But that said, if you need an industrial version of that. Yeah. The first time I was actually in the airport in South Korea a few years ago and saw this massive thing. I mean, it was huge. It was like the super Roomba mop. It was like probably three or four feet wide. And a couple of feet tall, and it was mopping floors, and that's an example of of autonomy, um, you know, when it when it comes to cleaning and logistics. And some of it's just like, uh, you know, they mention here, they talk about a hot, the gopher and shuttle bots. Um, it's a good point. Something that you know, like yeah, I was working on that recently. I, I purchased a remote control car. And I was I was trying to attach a little basket on the back of it so I could deliver drinks out to my fire pit. <laughs> uh, I realized how far I am behind the curve. I, like I might reach out to Thorough and get some... Be- I know, yeah. I feel like that's... We like have so many problems. The problem really is mainly like if it was like a can <laughs> of beer or something, by the time it got there, it was like, like you opened it and half of it sprayed everywhere. Spray. So. yeah.
1: I if mean, I didn't just tip over dream. the truck. What a beautiful, what? beautiful, I said, what a beautiful dream. Just sitting there chilling yeah. out by the fireplace. I'm, oh, I'm
0: fireplace. working. I'm, I'm looking for funding.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I'm not, I don't I think got, I got $5. That. you got companies like thorough out there getting it right. So <laughs> probably. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So, you know, there, there's a lot of interesting companies out there, you know, that do a lot of this stuff and it'll be interesting to see, I'm not just talking about thorough with all of them is, you know, who competes and who gets market share. Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's going to, I think a lot of competition out there. And then, you know, here, the, I think one of the issues is going to be is, you know, where does it become proprietary? When is it open source? When is it shared yeah. a little bit? And, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's, it, there's a lot, there's a lot to come, but you know, I love, I love the, the, People get all scared about AI and automation. And most of the time, these companies are trying to solve the jobs that people don't necessarily line up to do.
1: Yeah. Like
0: cleaning. Or driving a shuttle back and forth from one part of a resort to another or something like that. I I don't know.
1: I don't know. I I think as a founder, like you get you get pretty comfortable with uh, efficiencies and automation, mostly mostly out of necessity. I mean, in your early days, you're doing so much and it's like I need to offload some of these repetitive tasks or some of these tasks that are a little bit more mundane so that I can focus on the big picture and I can focus on like the mission and the vision and where we're going. And, you know, how are we optimizing these revenue streams? Like that's a very human thing. Um, you know, if I can find a system that helps me send better, quicker, more efficient emails, I'm all for it. Let me focus on the cool stuff that I want to focus on. So I don't know. I uh... better,
0: cheaper, faster. Got to be good. You got to You got to do two out of three of those things to have a shot. Three out of three usually yeah. wins trophies. Yep.
1: Seriously. Uh, well, speaking of winning trophies, so so this one. Last but not least, I, I find Trained, the next company on our list, I find them to be fascinating, and I'm going to tell you why. So Trained is a startup that uses artificial intelligence to automate the processing of mortgage paperwork. Now, I have bought a home, Matt. I know that you've bought a couple of houses out there. Um, mortgage paperwork is not fun for anybody. I don't even so think it's- the mortgage the originators and the, the lenders. I don't even think they like it. But they're hoping to one day reduce the cost of home loans. But here's what I find super interesting about trained. So we've talked about the fact that with AI, e- machine learning, you have to teach the system how to do what it needs to do, right? Like I used to work in the same office as a startup that they had they wanted to create those um, like home improvement when you go into a home improvement space and a website and it lets you like try out paint colors and stuff. And it was always so interesting to me because- they have
0: been on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I know. It's uh, Cambrian Tech, right? (laughs) So I used to work in the same office as them and I would see them putting their like little tape X's all over the different surfaces in our office because they had to teach the system how to identify what was a floor, what was a ceiling, what was a wall, what did window treatments look like? And so it's, it was really, it was a fascinating process to watch, but the same thing goes for home loans. Like there are a lot of things, a lot of aspects of the home loan process that could be more efficient, could be automated. Um, You know, there are things like, how do you read pay stubs, tax forms, insurance policies, humans have to teach that. And so what trained is doing is they are, they're actually filling their staff with neurodivergent workers who thrive on that kind of work, um, you know there are folks who are on the autism spectrum. Um, there are also folks who have like who have issues like dyslexia or ADHD, and and sometimes those individuals are really really well suited toward repetitive work. Or um, and, and so it's really fascinating to me that they're essentially. They're mobilizing a workforce that is often exploited or often undervalued and appreciated, and they're introducing these people to work that they can thrive at. And I just think that that's so cool.
0: <laughs> Me too. You know, I did we I did a show on this, and I'm I'm struggling for the 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 name of it, but. We talked about neurodivergent, and yeah. you know, it wasn't for the last. I, I've lived my whole life with like a real case of ADHD, and I say real because I think a lot of people just want to take Adderall so they kind of yeah. check that they got. But you're ADHD. like
1: real and for serious. I'm being say, I
0: restless I or like having, yeah, some of that. Like I got the yeah. real, I got the real one, and <laughs> uh, you know, with that though, it comes with challenges, but. But if you can manage to get it under control, like for me, I'll you'll hear me if you hear me talk about my ADHD. I'll tell you that I wouldn't have ever been successful without it. Yeah. Why? Because I'm almost fifty and I got a motor that doesn't stop. the The H sure. part, the hyperactivity part, um, is a driver, and I and it can keep me going on things. And and honestly, the 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 appeal with the neurodivergent, and I found it odd at first because. I was like, wow, you know, like I'm in the same, I'm bundled into the same group of people that have autism or dyslexia. And I, I maybe even have a little dyslexia because it's weird. I, it doesn't happen when I read, it happens when I write. I will often write the second word and I'm like, my brain is go like so fat going so quickly. I'm trying to slow it down. It's writing the second and third words before it's writing the first, but But with that, there are, I've definitely, I've talked to so many people and just, I'm so fascinated with what makes people do high performing stuff that I, in my, in my, uh, in my research and and chasing that down, I've learned that so many of us, um, have just learned how to use these little tools and, uh, um, yeah. So, and and I commend them for that. I think it's smart. Um, you know, why? it's, you grow up. When you're neurodivergent you grow up with people telling you there's something wrong with you which is honestly they do and i resent that at this point because yeah i got two kids with adhd There's nothing wrong with them man they are little spitfire hellcats you know?
1: and yeah well I mean,
0: yeah i'm saying thing. like yeah like so you know there's there's a lot to be said there as far as like what they're doing and overall with home loans like so it was they it was my involvement.
1: easier Please. Well,
0: was, well, we have a local company lending standard that I'm an investor in and, and they do multifamily homes, but I, I have come to learn like this through conversations with the ownership there. I didn't realize how much like human manpower and expense went into like one loan. Right. And it's part of what drives the cost. So yep. if we need affordable housing, we need affordable loans. It's not all about the interest rate, a lot about that's what occurs on the other side of the transaction. Right. And and a lot of this stuff when it comes to loans is is very like the 80/20 part, like 80% yeah. of it is like I mean, it's not you don't you don't need rocket science or AI to know that someone with a 400 credit score might not be the best person to give a loan to. Yeah. In some cases, but, you know, speeding through all this info and also hopefully finding cases where someone might actually have some stats. But if you look deeper into the story of why people are where they're at, a lot of times it's just one little thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they have a bad character. It doesn't mean that they're not loanworthy. They just might have had something maybe, maybe they had a medical episode to.
1: and all of a sudden they they have a lot of medical debt and that medical yeah. debt is weighted differently in your credit score uh, score but it's still weighted <laughs> you
0: like know medical okay. debt's the number one reason that people go personally bankrupt
1: yeah number well
0: I one like overwhelmingly number one so you never That's know right.
1: you never well know. you, know what, ready, know? What?
0: What you, you know? know what
1: i do know what what do you know what i do know what do you know? The
0: today's show was sponsored by <laughs> FullScale.io. I'm not
1: giving you snaps for that one. If you
0: need developers, <laughs> testers, leaders, FullScale.io. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. So yeah. We went through, we got 10 companies here. And you know, before I forget to do this, who's, what's the next, before we pick who we liked here, who's next? We're taking a break for the holidays. We'll be back with more in 2024. If you are interested in us highlighting and promoting the startups in your cities, reach out. We uh, use December every year to kind of figure out what we're gonna do in the next year. Uh, So tell us why, find us on LinkedIn. You can reach us, we're out there. We're pretty easy to find.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like we're all (laughs)
0: here. Who stands out, who do you like here?
1: Oh, man. Well, I like so many. First of all, let it be said that I have a nominal understanding of most of them. And I I wish I understood the ones that I don't a little bit more. But um, I don't know. I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you three. So mapless AI, because... I want an autonomous vehicle. And I feel like that's, that's the path to make it happen. Resilient life science is still sticking out to me as like saving lives, you know, dealing with a group of people who, who need a lot of help. And I just think that that's really cool. And then again, like trained, kudos to you friends for coming up with a human solution to a technology problem. Like that's, that's a very, very cool business approach. So I know I broke the rules. I didn't just say one, but there are, are several here on this list that are just deeply resonating with me this month. How about and you, Matt?
0: I'm, well, I'm going with one that you're not going to expect. I'm actually going with Otterton. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Cause here. I have experienced the problem they solve firsthand. Yeah. I have had calls from clients that are like, dude, I'm beating my head against the wall. I can't figure out why my shit is so slow. Yep. And, i I swear like every time it's about going <laughs> in and optimizing the database, it's very difficult to do. It's not something that now as the c e o and co founder at full scale, I employ hundreds of developers. A software developer is not the same as a database administrator or like right. cloud engineer like these are these are different roles, and I think people too often bundle these things in. It's like do you remember when people are like, I need a website designer, yeah. does that even mean like that doesn't mean approach to someone to design a website because like just because you're good at programming something doesn't mean you're have any visual acuity they're different skills They're different things but here's the thing this solves so many problems in so many different ways and i love it i do also being a member of a neurodivergent crowd I, i i'm gonna tip my cap to train because I love the approach. I think it's great. I bet they find some really interesting solutions that are pretty freaking awesome, and then turn them around and then dump them back into the AI machine learning kind of thing.
1: That's right.
0: Once again, going back to that whole thing, you know, humans got to train the AI a little bit. It doesn't inherently know, like if you let it play chess, yeah, it'll figure out what wins and loses. But uh, realistically, having AI that knows how to kick our ass at chess doesn't really change the world. Right, you know the other stuff does. So yeah, yeah, big big things. And and I guess if I had to pick three, like you did, huh. you picked thirty percent of the yeah. list, kind of way. I mean, come on. Pittsburgh. I mean, I like I like because what can I say? <laughs> I like NetTail because I just you know I'm going to go out there like I mean it, it's I like all these companies. I do. I think they're all yeah. doing cool stuff. I mean, if, but if they
1: ended up on the list. Chances are we like them. It's just. I like Net too. I I really like all of these.
0: Well, they need to, Well, teaching retailers to see their market from a customer perspective is what most people need. Because here's yeah. the the problem people have with selling stuff is they uh, it's like overwhelmingly in their own head and every everywhere else how ha- like they're 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 making the transaction about them. The transaction needs to be, it's about the customer. It's about the user. It's about, not about you. It's about, it's not about your features. It's about how they benefit. So see that. And you know, like, you know, when I was a sales trainer, which has been 20 years since, this point, right. But I've (laughs) still been training people how to sell stuff since then. It is unbelievable how often people don't understand anything about their competitors' products. So right. when I come in and talk to you about it, I'm like, Hey, well, how does this stand up to X, Y, and Z? And they're like, Oh, it's so much better. Why? Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. So anything that speeds that is, is, is good. So for sure. Yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff is just simple too. Like, you know, being able to look at like, Hey, we're not selling a whole lot. And if you can go and look at the marketplaces where your stuff's being sold and you're the ninth most expensive one. You're probably getting the ninth. You're probably getting the nineteenth most amount of sales. So, right. I love. I love the way that AI, machine learning, and then I love the kind of human in the loop kind of thing too. Because like I, we don't I like talk that about that. Too.
1: Enough. And that, that's a really, really great approach. I, I do think, like looking over this list, like we definitely see some trends around transportation for sure. But I think for me, my takeaway is that, that AI, AI is here to stay. We have so many different companies capitalizing on the technologies that are available and kind of wanting to be on the front, the front cutting edge of this new quote unquote, uh, industry that is coming about within the tech space. Like it's just really, it's really interesting to see people leveraging what you know, I, I know that AI has been around for a while, but it's now coming to the zeitgeist. Like this is something; it's at the top of everybody's mind. It's what we're all talking about, trying to figure out. You know, discussing the ethics, and we're kind of in the wild west right now. I feel like there aren't any rules. People are just, but it's it's really interesting to see that artificial intelligence takes shape as a as a driver within the startup space. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. I agree. Very, very cool. <laughs>
0: Well, my AI model is telling us or telling me that it's time to end this show and reminding me to once again, thank FullScale.io. Thank I'll you. i see for you next you.
1: year. Catch y'all later. <laughs>